Hello, Cannabis Business Minds. This episode is part two of our top 10 cannabis events of 2016. In our previous episode, we talked about the DEA, CBD, and terpenes. What will be our number one event of 2016? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Prop 64, it allows for some form of cannabis cafes. Where... The city allows it. Where the city allows it. So what city is going to allow it? So. Hopefully LA at one point. I mean, you're talking to someone. The cynic. 2005. I know. Which brings me to the next thing. So in California, for these people who have been fighting to be here to regulate the industry, they have had to set the bar because there was no bar anyways. Mm -hmm. Like at my dispensary, we would pre-weigh everything, put it in one of those pharmaceutical, like, pill bottles, Mm -hmm. and then we would put, like, pharmaceutical warnings on it, and then we would shrink wrap it, then we would put it in a paper bag, and then we would staple the paper bag with a warning and Mm -hmm. make people put it in their pocket before they left. That was 2005. That sounds like Oregon. That's very good. We did that because we were setting the bar, because Mm -hmm. there was no bar, and we didn't want to go to jail, Yeah, you know? And the other thing is, is... When you want to work with the system, then you would be much more open to allowing the cops in and being like, look, this is how above board we are. This is what we're doing right. Mm -hmm. This is why we're not a threat. And this is why we're reaching out to you because we want to educate you so that we can work together because this doesn't have to be us versus them. It it shouldn't be. So that brings me to another article about Mm -hmm. California. And it's medical marijuana is legal in California, except when it's not. (laughs) So this is the same issue with Prop 64, but with medical cannabis. And there is a company called Canacraft up in Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. These guys have done everything. That's the one I was talking about. The regulators. Mm -hmm. And they had, let me see, they had nearly 50 lawmakers and regulators from Sacramento. Um, to demonstrate the process it uses to produce soft gel, soft gel capsules and other cannabis-based products that do not involve smoking. They show them everything, how they detect impurities, all of that. So they wanted to show everyone that this is the example of how things should be run. But the problem is, and this mm-hmm. is not new, this happens to several companies Two weeks after the visit, around 100 officers and agents wearing tactical gear representing multiple law enforcement agencies raided the company's headquarters and four other facilities. They seized around 500000 in cash, 22 mm. machines worth $3 million, wow. and $1.5 million worth of cannabis products. The guy who was showing everyone, uh, he was arrested, held on a $5 million bail. And it's like... What? Like, Mm -hmm. what? Are you kidding me? And this is what happens. This is the problem. Now the state wants everyone to register with them. Mm -hmm. But who's to say they're not going to use that against you in the future? I hope not. And this is what happens. This is what happens in California when you bring in the regulators. and you. So how do you operate then? If this is what gets you rated, what are you supposed to do? 
I mean, and again, this is where states are so different because we don't hear this in Oregon. We don't hear this in Washington. And I know California, I mean, so many people have been so hesitant to get into California because of all this stuff. And I 100% I feel you. And I don't know. I mean, you want to, everybody that we work with is clearly applying for licenses. Their, you know, compliance is like their number one thing. And it really is scary and it makes you cynical. The moment that you show something to a law enforcement, then you're raided. Like, and you see that night, you see that happen over and over. Like you told me that that's when I was referring to earlier. I yeah. think we were talking about, I was talking to another client or somebody a month ago, something similar. And I don't know what to say because personally it has to happen to me and it would make me very jaded. And when you're, when you've got your assets frozen and seized, how do you go buy your frappuccino? How do you go do anything? Like you can't. Yeah. And, and then how are you going to get it back? Because what law did they break? And that's the thing with the DEA raid at my dispensary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to ask for your stuff back. You're not going to call <laughs> the DEA and be like, what's the status on this? They don't press charges. They just steal everything. They sent me a receipt to my house that was grossly underestimated from what they actually took. But that was it. They sent it to your house? Yes, I was the only one there, dude. From the DOJ, oh I had to sign God, it. That's you know, so scary. And speaking of the ridiculous things the city council made us do to have a dispensary, I had to register with the city um, LAPD narcotic division as a dispensary manager, which made sense at the time. But yeah. now it's like, dude, now like I'm in the DEA database. Yeah. And my fingerprints are with the LAPD Narcotic Division. I. Yeah. So it's like, should I? I mean, I was, I don't know. It's tough, dude, because I'm like, Prop 215 gave California this gray area. Mm-hmm. And we've been thriving. However, we don't have quality control. No. That's massively important. And it's not, I mean, it really is night and day working in Oregon versus California. I mean, I think Northern California, it's much more regulated than down here. Well, Northern California is where medical cannabis started. Yeah. And not to mention, California is huge. Oregon and Washington, they don't even, they're specs when it comes to per capita, whatever. Like, California... I mean, sixth largest economy in the world. And we're like a huge state. Yeah. And I mean, you drive 10 miles and you're a totally different demographic. Mm-hmm. So we are the United States of California. Yeah, we are. You know? Yeah. Yes. All right. So my next one is actually related to Oregon, too. So I'm an Oregonian, so maybe that's why I'm always, you know, putting Oregon in this, like, amazing pedestal, being from Portland. Everybody's nice. It's green. But I wanted just to give them kudos and, you know... Number five is that Oregon regulates cannabis. Like Measure 91 passed in November of what 2014, and within less than 12 months, they allowed adults over 21 to go purchase cannabis at a dispensary. Like I was there, like it was amazing. It was October 1st, 2015. It was great, and then you know their whole process started way faster than I think what we're gonna what's gonna happen in California, where the OLCC you know started letting people apply for licenses starting January 1st of uh, this year. 
But, you know, and OLCC, their website's fantastic. They've given, like, a book to business operators. Like, they have a very interactive map. Like, just really, I went, I sat in some of the sessions that they had. And, again, it's so much smaller than California. We're not able to do it in Southern California. We're not, we can't go up to Sacramento all the time. But I was just really, really impressed of what they've done. Notwithstanding, they've definitely seen some issues happen in this year. You mentioned one of them about the lab testing. But even in March, what happened was just this, you know, I think there's always an inevitable clash between regulation, regulators like the OLCC and business operators. And one of the things that was very evident, which doesn't happen in California, is March happened, March 2016, processors, extractors, infused products, whatnot, they were applying for licenses. And there is this weird thing that was written or not written that basically the OLCC and the OHA were like, hey, you know what? Um, if you, they told dispensaries, do not accept Product from unlicensed processors. Well, dude, they had never even licensed anybody. So basically, I've, there were no licensed processors. And that, again, allowed for patients not to have their medicine. It really impacted a lot of businesses. They had to lay off people. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars in lost sales because of poor regulation. And then, as you mentioned, the lab testing, where it's just like there was only six licensed labs that are trying to like supply everybody. And, and that was kind of a pretty big mistake and then the last thing in Oregon well two other things in Oregon the events oh my god before the OLCC cut hold of it it was amazing there were these cannabis events you could go you could consume you could party there couldn't be alcohol and you know you'd pay for entrance and then you'd get like these free goodie bags it was lovely and then you know the OLCC was like no this just really can't happen so the events aren't happening anymore but kudos really to Oregon because they're on track to make more than 50 million in tax sales in 2016 and when they originally projected it they estimated between 17 and 40 million for the year so and just consider I mean and that is with these issues even with all those issues holy yeah which just goes to show you like get your crap together other states do it right because yeah. you can make so much more they could have made more oh they could have win i mean but then i wonder because maybe it's like we always think about like mvp and being agile so maybe it's that they were like let's just try to get this as soon as we possibly can and this is why they had all these problems yeah haste equals waste Perhaps. it's called Okay, first of all, they're not the first state to legalize it. No, but to you, but they're they're on par with Colorado for me. So, yeah, but Colorado, did they have this problem? Like, the I thing don't, is... I don't think Colorado... I think Colorado took longer to get everything done, but I'm not sure we have to should. look it up. And yeah. I think also, look, if you made all this tax money, hire more people and get mm-hmm. your job done. You know, props. I know it's hard, but you brought it on yourself. Yeah. And now you have the tax money, so hire enough people to get it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, you know, come on. Like, there's millions at stake here. I, would, I think, you know, when I was reading their initial report, they only budgeted, like, 17 people, I think. Or less than 20 people for the whole program. I'm not sure how many there are now. Yeah, so... there's I think there's, like, five that, like, go and do audits and all that stuff and inspect. But, yeah, I mean, when you think about the number... I'm not sure how many licenses they've given out, but I want to say from a presentation that I thought they estimate about no more than, like, 1,500. So who knows? We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, very... Very interesting lessons, mm-hmm. and I hope California learns from them. I do too. But I doubt it. Um, God bless California. <laughs> 
so the next thing I wanted to talk about was the ATF mm-hmm. reinforcing the fact that if you're a medical cannabis user, you cannot buy a gun. I'm not like a gun person. However, it is a right in our country. And you don't have to be pro-gun to realize that this is, like, so stupid. Like, mm-hmm. how many people smoke weed and then go, like, on shooting sprees, you know? <laughs> like, not to mention... <laughs> Probably not many. Okay, so here's another thing. In California, as a medical patient, you don't have to register with a state database. There's no, like, there's no place saying you're a medical patient. hmm mm-hmm. You by law have to tell them that you're a medical cannabis patient. But if you didn't, Mm -hmm. they can't find it out unless you have some sort of thing on your record. Yeah, because there's no audit because you've never registered, so how would they ever know? There's no paper trail. Yeah. Well, they just felt the need to reiterate it again last month that look, that is a federally illegal drug, Mm -hmm. and it's not allowed. Like, you cannot be a drug user. But, I mean, like, crazy people buy guns. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be more evident when someone's a or little drunk unhinged. drunk people buy guns and all or that like kind of stuff. Or, like, people on um, painkillers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, why aren't they reiterating that? I don't know. I feel like that's, I mean, that's such a higher level discussion on you when know, is it going to change. Consider like, this, though. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Yeah. ATF. ATF. I feel like they have two things, alcohol and tobacco, that are very threatened by cannabis. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm surprised about is that the NRA has nothing to say. Like, when do they ever have nothing to say? They always have something to say, even after, like, mass shootings. Yep. The NRA, nothing. That's weird. That's really weird. You know, like... Well, I think also when you get really involved in this industry and you are a constant learner, all you want to do is investigate. And you, I feel that the more that you dig into this industry, you see the collusion, the corruption, the links between entities that you really didn't think would be linked. And that's a very good point. I never thought about it. I mean, honestly, it. I just thought Yeah, I, when you said it, I'm like, well, alcohol and tobacco, come on, cannabis. Alcohol well, sales have gone down. Yeah. I think I remember reading that one of the bigger funders for the anti, you know, pot campaign in Arizona was Insist. related. Wasn't it related to alcohol, no? No, dude. They created, oh, God, what is it called? Those patches that are like heart, like five hundred times oxycontin, like insane patches that were causing deaths everywhere. They were like overdosing people everywhere. Fentanyl patches. Fentanyl. Oi. Not to mention, though, what's so ironic about this is this company also makes a synthetic THC pill. Interesting. Is it in D? Is it in the FDA trials yet? I think so. Yeah. I guess this is a convolution that we're you know in the like little layers when you peel it back. You but this isn't even little. That was a half a million dollar campaign contribution Jeez. to the anti drug people. The anti drug like you make drugs that kill people and you're making a cannabis derivative medicine and you're paying for legalization to fail. Why? So you can capitalize on medical cannabis. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. That's absolutely. super shady. That brings me to my number four. Yes. So I first saw this at a cannabis startup event in Oakland in September, and there was like a massive line just to get this like free goodie. And the second time I saw it, I was in Vegas with you. And then the third time I saw it, I was like in a conference room in East LA. And this product is, God, it almost resembles like something from Apple. It's the packaging is just like on point. The device itself is superior. It's one, it was like, it was awarded in the best inventions by Time Magazine this year. And it's the Humboldt or the HMBLT. Okay, that's what I thought. But I need to spell it out because someone's too young. I know. Um, Pen. And it's just amazing. Like, it's a ton release of a perfect dosage and it's recyclable and literally when we're talking about you know what's the difference between indica and sativa they've labeled their pens in in their packaging relief calm i forget what the last one is uh bliss, bliss. relief calm and bliss they've got three product lines another one I think those are, like, at least the main ones. No, I think they have four, though. Do they? Yes. Okay, we'll have to look it up. Yeah. But I'm so impressed, and that's, like, my number four is, like, kudos to them because I kept hearing about it, and the product is brilliant. It's set a standard. It looks so medicinal. Um, At first, I kind of got confused of which end to smoke at. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, I've kind of made a few mistakes um, since, but kudos to them. I mean, really, they're amazing. The whole, I mean... Having been in the industry for 11 years, yeah. having, being a consumer myself, mm-hmm. and I mean, some people are afraid to admit this. I'm not afraid to admit it. I dab. I dab. And you know why? Because why would I combust plant matter that, like, doesn't do anything just so I can get, like, 20% THC with, like, burning all of the terpenes? Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So once you know, it's like, it doesn't even work anyways. Mm. But when I was talking to Jeffrey Raber of the workshop, mm-hmm. I was like, somebody had asked me, if I smoke an ounce a month of cannabis, mm-hmm. then how many vape pens would I need to purchase? Mm. And I'm like... Like, that's a really good question. And the thing is with vape pens is you can hold the thing down too long and overheat it. You Mm -hmm. can underheat it. You can inhale it too fast. You can inhale it not hard enough. Who knows? There's no way. Until this company, it's, like, amazing. Because until now, there has been no way to get a titratable dosage when you're inhaling something, yeah. period. You just can't. People hit things differently. But what's so cool is it buzzes. It, like, vibrates yeah. your lips when you've done it. And you know you haven't done it all if it hasn't vibrated. Yeah. What's, do you know, do you recall the dosage? I don't. I don't. I wonder, but yeah. the other thing is, so my last two things will tie together. Perfect. But the other thing, and I'll just go into it, mm-hmm. terpenes. Terpenes, terpenes, terpenes. That's everything right now. Mm-hmm. Because, like I had mentioned earlier, indica sativa doesn't matter. And that's so painful having run a dispensary for five years. <laughs> and the first thing I would say is, do you want indica sativa or a hybrid? hybrid? Yeah. And then it'd be like, 
Indica is the body high, sativa is the head high, and then hybrid is like for both, or to mellow out one instead of the other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a sativa has the skinny leaves, and an indica is like more fat and dense. So that's true, it's more fat and dense, and a sativa is much thinner leaves, but it's a subspecies. It's a description of a subspecies. So actually almost everything we smoke is indica. Because that's the nuggy buds. Mm. Hemp is a beautiful example of sativa. It's very tall, lanky, skinny. Sativa doesn't necessarily mean it's THC and it's going to get you high. Mm. It's a subspecies of a plant. And then there's ruderalis, which is like this wild-growing, super... I don't even know if they use it for hemp, but it's like a hemp, wild hemp plant in Russia. Um, (laughs) Really? Actually, they use ruderalis because it auto-flowers. So it doesn't matter what the lighting is or anything. It has its life cycle, and they've started taking that genetic and crossing it with other strains. So instead of having to have a veg room and a bloom room, you Mm -hmm. can have them in the same room, and it doesn't matter what the life cycle is. Oh, really? And they grow faster, but they're smaller. Mm. But they're still working that out. But anyway, so terpenes, that's what makes the difference. So when it comes to aromatherapy, for Mm -hmm. example, lavender is commonly known to have a relaxing effect. Mm -hmm. The main terpene is linalool. Mm. So that has more of a relaxing effect. And a lot of people, I mean, at my dispensary, if the bud doesn't smell, it's not going to sell. It could look amazing. People don't want it. And I don't obviously we didn't know that our nose knows what we want and like i cannot stand jack herrera the smell is so gross to me you know what's your favorite my favorite oh i love bubba bubba Uh kush or like master kush i like the kush like menthol-y flavor Uh to it but um my lab that i was at had created a terpene training kit that you can learn all of the different terpenes from it. But what I was going to say when it comes to Humboldt Mm -hmm. is all of these, and my next thing is about distillates, all of these vape companies, they're adding terpenes into their products. And, like, I hate that. Like, I look. I thought you were going to be, like, for it. I dab BHO. Mm -hmm. I want it to taste like the strain it is. I don't want it to be, like kind of what the strain is. I definitely don't want it to be a fruit flavor. Do you think that we're trying to it's gear ridiculous. towards this like mainstream consumer that's now emerging into the market? So this goes to what Humboldt is doing by going by effect. Mm-hmm. Because when you do extraction, distillate, you remove all of the terpenes. So it cannot possibly have the natural mm. occurring terpenes in it. And you cannot... It's not possible to replicate, in my opinion, to replicate another strain terpene profile because it has way more terpenes than they will not boil or evaporate or whatever. Mm. So you cannot fully reproduce it. But Humboldt, like, nailed it. Like, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. Like, if I like something... Like, you nailed it, because I'm mad cynical, yep. and I've been around the game for a long time, and I've seen companies come and go. And, and you keep seeing the same kind of vape pen, right? Like, over and over, and there's been nothing like this, flavor-wise, no, product-wise. No, it's all about 
the titrated dosage. Mm -hmm. That's everything. That is the key to this industry being legitimized and for medical use, period. Mm -hmm. Until now, unless you're taking a synthetic pill or something, it's just not a reliable dosage. Totally. So terpenes Terpenes. are huge. I went to a terpene tasting bar or like a terpene bar at the very beginning of 2016 at one of the events in Oregon. Yeah, it was amazing. Like they allowed, like it kind of went into like the different terpenes and allowed you to smell them. They mentioned lavender, lemon as well. Yeah, that's limonene. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, the terpene training kit that we had made had a vial of just a singular terpene Mm -hmm. of the nine most commonly found and then a vape cartridge of each terpene, no THC or anything. Mm. So you could start to smell it and get to know it. And it's even better with a friend because they can test you. But once you learn to recognize the terpene, Mm -hmm. you're good. However, now that I know about the terpenes, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to buy anything anymore. Oh, like too much information? Yeah, it's like, first of all, I know that it's not, I mean, look, when I started at my lab, Mm -hmm. and they were like, nothing is sativa, I was like, dude, like, I do not, like, I do not believe it, I just don't believe it, and by the time I left, I'm like, dude, there's nothing that's sativa, I mean, not like we thought. Well, I just remember before, like, just as a cannabis consumer, I just thought it was weed. And then coming back from Europe, it's like cannabis indica sativa. And I was, like, overwhelmed. And then terpenes. And it's very cool. I wonder, do you think we'll ever be at a point in this industry where it's, like, wine tasting? Where it's, like, terpene, like, wine tasting? I think we are on the precipice. That's why I think it's important. But, like, we were talking about bud tenders Mm -hmm. recommending the wrong strain. Mm -hmm. They don't. If they don't know what they don't know, they can't possibly know they don't know it. So... 100%. Another problem is that dispensaries... I mean, look, people work for free to be at a dispensary. Mm -hmm. I get contacted all the time, like, how can I get into the industry? I'll do anything. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, dispensary managers, they take advantage of these people, and they don't pay anything Mm -hmm. to these bud tenders. Which, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. you know? And then they have a high turnover rate. But what you need are bartenders that are extremely passionate about mm-hmm. what they're doing. I was a sponge. I felt like I'm the person everybody comes to. If I don't have right information, then what am I doing? Yep, absolutely. So I walk into a dispensary and I'm like, do you have any beta caryophylline dominant strains? Like, they don't know what they're I'm talking like, about. What? And that's why Humboldt went with effect. And that's why you're going to see a lot of these pens are going to move away from strain specific names. Yeah. And they're going to go to the effect because terpenes equals effect. Well, and on top of that, before we, like, move on to the next one, I always think about this evolving industry and, you know, moms being in it, dads getting in it as consumers and grandparents getting in it and feeling okay as hopefully there's going to be much more, like, medical research that's done to, you know, show that there's all these benefits. But a grandma doesn't want to go buy AK-47 or Gorilla Glue. Like, just, it's, cannabis is, like, such a beautiful plant and the names associated with it unfortunately to me aren't necessarily the best so i'm happy that it's going into that for- like charlie sheen og <laughs> oh 
no. Is there really a Charlie Sheen OG? Dude, there's like Obama OG. Someone was telling me Master Kush is now called Obama Kush. I was like, dude, you can't just change the name. Well, it's also genetics, and this we actually it should talk. Genetics. We should talk about this in a different podcast. Yeah. Is like there's licensing of genetics, right? So then, how do you license it if you're changing the name? And like, and for example, Humboldt allows for not the pen, but the you know Emerald Triangle allows in their licensing to have this concept of like Appalachian. So, oh, it's from um, Garberville or it's from Eureka or something like that. And just like wine, you know, like it's from Napa Valley. And it matters. And it matters. It matters it where really it really does. Oh, 100%. Totally. All right. So my number three, globalization. Um, I'm, I mean, I love globalization. I've worked internationally. Like I just love traveling and I love understanding different cultures and I've known since I've been in this industry that it's like an international business like I went to South Africa I've interviewed activists there look at Israel Israel for example Spain mm-hmm. Italy I mean there's so many countries up north Canada medical Canada. regulation oh Canada and Uruguay Uruguay Chile I was in Costa Rica they're about to well hopefully I mean during the presentation it was all about regulating um, cannabis and hopefully that will happen next year but I just wanted to say that like this is something that's very very um, global and it just is so sad that as a country we really can't compete I mean these guys are doing you know crazy international deals CBD deals selling strains I mean we're talking a business here that the United States really can't participate in because it's still a schedule one so the ones that I wanted to uh, announce for 2016, Canada, Ireland, Australia, Jamaica, Colombia, Australia again, <laughs> and Germany, they all approve some measures for medical use this year. Awesome. Go, go yeah. world. And it's ironic because GW Pharmaceutical, mm-hmm. which is like blowing up. Yeah. But then they're kind of not. I mean, it's like kind of volatile, actually. But they're from Britain. Yep. Britain doesn't allow cannabis. I know. Isn't that strange? That's where they're headquartered. Then they come to America, mm-hmm. where the DEAs, oh, so happy to work with their clinical trials. Exactly. But America doesn't allow it. Well, and well, they have a synthetic one. I don't even know what. No. They don't. They have a synthetic. No, it's a whole plant thing. No, it's not synthetic. I thought it was synthetic. No, it's Are a whole sh- plant tincture, dude. That's g- going under the FDA trial right now? Yeah. I thought that was impossible. Mm-mm. Let's yeah. add that into the show notes. Let's add that into the show notes. Why? Why am I a cynic? Doesn't make sense, dude. Just well, we all know sense. that the United States has had a patent on cannabis and cannabinoids. And True, but... Since the what... So, I mean, that's good, at least from, I guess, an international perspective that we do have some patents. But then it's like, okay, do, if you patent, so internationally, when I was in Costa Rica, there was a gentleman speaking about just, like, patenting, right? And the monetization, I mean, that's one of the best revenue streams is through royalties and patents and all that. And as just competitive analysis, competitive um, uh, uptick as well. But I don't know. Like, can you patent a genetic? And if so... But at what point, after it's been around for X amount of years, can you still patent it? It's very interesting. I don't know. Well, don't patents run out after 20 years? Mm -hmm. But let's say that you've had a genetic and it's been illegal, but you've had it. But I don't... Can you go patent that? Can you even patent... I don't think you can patent biological things. How did Monsanto do it? Because I think Monsanto patented chemistry. 
or something like mm. the chemistry behind it. I'm not even sure, dude. That's you gotta like get a, a patent attorney look, on here. Monsanto. That's a that's a whole nother. You know what deal. though? That's one of my things that I want to talk about. Yeah. That happened this year that we need to pay attention to next year. What? Scott's Miracle Grow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I grew, I used Botanic Hair. That's the growing fertilizer nutrients that I used. When I was growing in the warehouse, they used general hydroponics. Lots of growers use general hydroponics. Mm-hmm. Scott's Miracle Grow bought general hydroponics. Then they bought Botanicare. Mm. Then they got a 75% stake in Gavita's lighting. Oh, and Gavita's based in the Netherlands, right? Yes, mm-hmm. they're huge. 75% stake? Yeah. Wow. So um, majority shareholder. Okay. So Scott's Miracle Grow split off into another division called the Hawthorne Division. Mm where they're putting all their cannabis-specific companies that they're buying. They've bought more cannabis-specific companies. They've spent more buying them than they have since the 90s in grabbing up other companies. Mm. They've come out with a product called Black Magic at, like, Home Depot for cannabis growers. Oh, I remember hearing about this. I mean, it sounds evil. It sounds evil. It It does. Black Magic? Yeah. Um, So... Scott's Miracle Grow is owned by Monsanto. What? Yes. Did not know that. Well, and then what? I had no idea that Monsanto owns um, Farm. Yeah, what? dude. Yeah, and Roundup, they've like tested that on soldiers. Like Roundup is so bad. I mean, Monsanto is so well, bad. Well, and then just in case people don't know, Bayer acquired Monsanto for $66 no. billion. So first of all, in order for those two monster evil behemoths to join together, mm-hmm. they have to get approved by over 50 countries. Like, this is not like, hey, we bought you, we're done. Now they have to get all these approvals across Mm -hmm. the world. And people were thinking, like, Germany is extremely Mm anti-GMO. They are where Bayer is. Yeah. So if Bayer buys Monsanto, then they'd be going against their own self-interest. So they're thinking, maybe it won't get passed. The EU is totally against GMO. Mm. But then think about this. Britain left the EU. Mm-hmm. They're like super anal about that 2016 has been so weird. You know, well, 2017 is going to be really interesting. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, they like agreed to the purchase, but it hasn't happened yet because it takes a lot for them to merge. However, Britain being, and I'm not totally sure, but I think they're one of the more vocal Countries, it's mm-hmm. against all these artificial colors and flavorings mm-hmm. and, their stuff. and France for sure too. Yeah, well, they're no longer in the EU, and now Germany Monster Corporation is going to buy the other Monster Corporation. Wow. Yeah. So, like, keep an eye on the market. I just saw a report from Merrill Lynch that's like, buy, buy, buy. Mm-hmm. Scott's Miracle Grow. Yeah. Going up. No, I heard this actually in Costa Rica. The gentleman that did the conference even mentioned this. And I think that even goes to something that we're seeing. And, I mean, it's mergers and acquisitions. How do you become bigger? You acquire, you merge, you join forces. And, wow, I had no idea that Scott's Miracle Grow was part of Monsanto. That's a monster. That is, like, a monster of a company. So that's another thing that I had read this article, and it's like... Why does California want to include specific things about the type of hemp that you can grow? Mm -hmm. And I read that 
the entire reason these companies want legalization to pass is because they can create regulations that force you into their product. Mm -hmm. Like, it's in their best interest. Mm -hmm. It's like the not... Are you kind of referring to, like, the 0.3% THC? Like, why that even evolved? Yeah. It's, mm. you know, like... It's Especially just, if there's no science to back any of this. Like, why all of a sudden would 0.3% be something? Think about how they are regulating and getting rid of and adding all of these fertilizers and pesticides mm -hmm. to the not accepted list. Yeah. So, why not create a competitor to things... And then get those regulated out of the market, and then you're, like, the only fertilizer people out there. I mean, I don't know, dude. Oh, God, I hope you're wrong. Am I a conspiracy theorist? I feel like... A little bit, but you're also pointing out facts, and I mean, it's something to watch. Like, consider it, people. Like, don't become sheep, because you can buy weed now. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Okay, and that goes to my number two, legalization. November 8th was... Such a crazy day. Yeah. I, the election party that we have for college, it was amazing. We found out California legalized along with whatever eight other states, well, seven other states, so eight states in total. We also figured out this new administration, which we don't know anything, how they're going to do anything about cannabis, how they're going to regulate it. I've written a post about it. My outlook's a little bit cynical on it, to tell you the truth. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, it really is alarming. But then my hope is that this onset of capital that's been injected, like we talked about the IPOs, we talked about this billion-dollar industry, billions, the first year billion dollars has been raised, that, you know, some of this will be used for lobbying in D.C. and convincing the right people about it. But, yeah, number two, I just want to say, well, I think we're at the point where you think of something federally being prohibited, where now the government might say, oh, wait, there's more than half of the United States that now have a regulated or will soon to have a regulated program, medical and adult use. I mean, the, the states that legalize for adult use, California, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine, and then the ones for medical use for Florida, Arkansas, North Dakota, and then Montana passed some additional things. The only state that didn't pass, which is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, was Arizona. Yeah, so yeah. not surprised. I mean, I'm from Arizona. Oh, yeah, you're from Arizona. Um, you're not surprised? No, okay. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, <laughs> need I say more, but I will. Just a real quick one. Like, yeah. he created Tent City. Like, he's, like, so punitive-based. Like, this... He had a reality TV show for a second where they sent Ugh. out these free spa day vouchers to all of these fugitive people. Shut up. Yes. And then these fugitive people come in and they... <laughs> this is so... That's so messed is, up. No, this is so the picture of Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He's sadistic. Anyways, so they have the people come in and they lay them back and they put the cucumbers on the eyes and they start rubbing their face and then they're like, repeat after me, like, I'm busted. And then Sheriff Joe Pio comes in and they've got all these cameras following him and the dude or the woman or whatever is like, you know, like, what? And then they take it off and they're like... Guess what? You're going to jail. What the hell? Yeah, dude. <gasps> Pretty crazy. Anyways, oh, my God. Like, he was going to run for governor. Okay? Yeah. You think a state where that type of attitude and person is revered is going to allow cannabis? I don't mm -mm. think so. I was surprised they allowed medical, honestly. 
Yeah. What, so I don't even know what the public poll is now of people that are for cannabis. I think medical is always going to be much more. I think it's way harder. And again, with this new administration, I mean, Trump's even said that he respect. I mean, Republicans generally respect states' rights, right? And do they? Yeah, over the, like the federal, right? But he, I mean, his whole stance was he's okay with medical. Now all of this fucking excuse me, all of the all of this has emerged where it's adult use. The whole West Coast is adult use. Us being one of them, and that's where the fear is. But we'll see. Hey, I mean, the day I mean the Cole memo came out before we got raided. Mm-hmm. The day Eric Holder became Attorney General, because before that, Obama had said we are not going to fund the DEA to invade states' rights. Mm-hmm. So they did it one last time before. Uh, you yeah. know, and there were way more raids under Obama than there were any other president. Mm-hmm. It's true. Though the industry has been booming under Obama. Yeah. So 2017, Woolock, what's yours? Okay, so I wanted to go into distillates. Okay. So people understand. There is extract. So extracts. There's wax, shatter, crumble, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the difference is wax is BHO. It can be CO2, but it's got that opaque color to it Mm -hmm. because it has lipids, plant waxes Mm. in it still. But then to get shatter, and it's, like, clear, and it's called shatter because you can crack it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is when they do fractional distillation, and they take all the fat out. And that's why the percentage of THC is so high. Oh. Because you remove the extra stuff. And then it's just terpenes and trichomes, or cannabinoids. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where it's at. Anyway, so... There is distillates, which is also called the clear, and a lot of people are familiar with it. It's Mm -hmm. like a translucent, light golden color, and the THC can be 90, 95% THC. Jeez. Insane. So it's called the distillate because they're distilling the THC down. Hmm. So... There are CBD distillates, where now you're seeing CBD sold in a white powder. It's so weird. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, because it's super distilled. It's like 99% CBD. Is this gearing, do you think, towards... Because all this sounds so medical, right? So if we can, like, put this into that CBD powder into a capsule. Like, is this where it's heading, do you think? I mean, the whole point, so this goes back to the ensemble effect. Mm -hmm. When you are distilling, you are taking out everything but the main thing. Mm -hmm. So with the distillate, you have to add the terpenes back in. True, you can get high, but it's not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it is enjoyable for some people. I don't know, but you get a better high or a better effect Mm -hmm. when you've got terpenes and cannabis or Mm, cannabinoids. I understand. Okay. So now all of, so when it comes to terpenes, people are like, oh, is it naturally occurring terpenes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like a terpene is a molecule. That's all it is. It doesn't matter where it came from. You can make it in a lab. You can take it from a plant. It's a single molecule. Mm. So when people ask that, no. Probably not, because when you do a distillation, you're going to kill a ton of terpenes in the process. It's not possible to take it back, put it back in, and have the same flavor as before. So when it comes to distillates, all anything using a distillate has added terpenes to it. 
So, like, people should start paying attention to the flavors and、mm -hmm. start recognizing what are these terpenes. Like, how do I feel? And hopefully, by the time they start calling things by the effect instead of the name,、mm -hmm. it'll be a better way for us to learn what works for us and what doesn't. Totally. I mean, there's still so much work that needs to be done, especially for people who are really trying to track some illness and trying to experiment with like different strains and, and how they're affecting them like, and all of that. With strains, it's like, dude, these kids don't even know what they're selling half the time. Oh, I know. Like, and then people are really, and this is what's so frustrating about it being federally illegal is that people are looking for the guidance. People are seeing and reading that cannabis is helping so many people and curing people from cancer, and then they're going and resorting to Facebook and forums where they're like, "What strain will help me cure cancer? Lung cancer." Yeah. It's like ah, like I know we're getting closer and closer to like finding some resolution, but this hopefully will That's help. But it's Humboldt, the education, you know.、Yeah. Humboldt's nailed it. I mean, my own mother, she, we both got overdosed on an edible together,、mm -hmm. and、mm -hmm. it was horrible because I can't. She's not ever gotten high or drunk in her life.、Mm -hmm. She's got muscular dystrophy.、Mm -hmm. She doesn't take Tylenol. Like she doesn't take anything. Yeah, you know. And I finally got her to try it. They gave her like the worst migraine, and she's never wanted to try anything again. And I'm afraid to give her anything,、yeah. anything. Still to this day, because I know it is almost impossible to achieve. Complete consistency throughout your products with edibles because there's no way she's gonna smoke anything. Yeah. Or vaping.、Mm -hmm. How do I know how much my mom's gonna get? Well, the humble pen. <laughs> exactly. Like right. I guess it's like the, that's why it's got that's, the best invention. Yeah. That's also why it's so important about distillates. Is you couldn't possibly with cannabis know exactly what's doing what. Because you have a ton of constituents、mm -hmm. having an effect,、mm -hmm. but when you distill it down and you just take parts of it, you know exactly what's happening. Then you can actually affect it.、Mm. You can, if, like, you can quantify it. So cool. Yeah, science. I love it. It's super cool. Bringing me back to like some chemistry class. I mean, it really is though. It was so. I mean, I've never been into chem. I'm. I don't have any chemistry experience whatsoever.、Mm -hmm. But having formulated edibles and then working with one of the most renowned cannabis chemists out there, yeah, like it's so interesting. I've been doing this for eleven years. I've been sucking up information, and I'm still learning something new every day. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm learning so much. And you I know feel, this I feel bad for the consumers that go to these dispensaries with、mm -hmm. kids that don't know what they're selling.、Mm -hmm. They don't have, like, you don't know what you don't know. I swear to God, that's like my new. That、motto. is your new thing. You said it a few times. That's because it's, like, it's so it's true. Absolutely true. When you think you're, and that's why you know why I think that actually makes the difference between like great companies and good companies, great leaders, good leaders, is that the moment that you think you know everything is the、you、moment that you、learn. fail. Yes. Yeah, because you're failing to learn. It's like、uh, there's absolutely no way in this. Ever within your lifetime that you're going to be an expert at everything, right? And like everything is constantly changing. And what I think is happening, though, which makes it a little bit more difficult now, is there's so much information. How do you learn something when you don't even know if that's the accurate thing? Like to be able to sift through all the information and make sense of it, it's something. And then.、Else. How do you learn the correct information in a world where no one else knows it? So it's like, 
like I said, I don't even know how to ask for, like, I order delivery because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can smell it before I see it. Yeah. But it's terpenes, so, like, that's important. And yeah. what am I supposed to say? Everyone's like, oh, it's an indica dominant. I'm like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Then what do they say? Well, you got to launch a training course. I mean, we're launching our uh, business Absolutely. ones, and you'll have to launch one. Yes. Coming 2017. Totally. Yeah. Okay, this, I only have one more left. How many do you have left? I think that's good. Okay. I think we're good. Well, my number one is like, drum roll number one, nobody died from cannabis. Old news. I know, but I needed to emphasize it again, is that there's, you know, I I wrote about this. It's like, okay, we clearly need to understand drug driving. Police officers are working on it. Part of Proposition 64 is that they're going to actually be doing it. They've already been doing some of this stuff in, in Colorado. But, you know, parents are still afraid of the Halloween candy being laced and people giving it away to kids. And all of those are rightful, you know, fears that through regulation and through education will go away. But I just want to emphasize it. It's like there's a lot of good things that are coming out of legalization and regulation, which includes, you know, money for the governments for taxation. It includes jobs that you and I have. Quality control. Quality control. I mean, overall, I'm just, like, so happy of the progress that's made in 2016. I just thought number one needed to be said, nobody died. Nope. Nobody died. No? Yeah. What is wrong with everybody not wanting it? Hey, you guys all, like, take Tylenol. I know. Okay? Like, it's not good for your liver. No. I do think, though, I mean, you've been doing this for 11 years. I mean, have you seen such, like, an uphill, not even a learning curve, but, like, this upward graph of, like, how it's changed in public perception? Like, just the, I mean, if you think about the sheer amount of articles, right? Yeah. So, hopefully. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Even my mom and stepdad are like, what's up with CBD? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's completely different. Sanjay Gupta Thank you. Like, Thank you. I'm, like, a few not years the ago. biggest fan, but, like, dude, you really helped my mom out. Yeah. Like, you helped out a lot of moms and stuff. Absolutely. So, good. And I think the key, though, is that we keep learning the science behind it mm-hmm. so that we are fully informed and so that we can tell people things that is true. It, research, And wherever research, they research. go, yeah. it's true. Yeah. And I think, I mean, before we wrap up, I think it's not only the research, the education, but it's like if you have, you know, if you're a cannabis operator, if you're interested and you have extra money, it's like put that towards lobbying or put that towards some form of education. Because really, I mean, you even mentioned it right when you introduced yourself. It's like you have to get involved in politics being in this industry. And as I never thought I would, but like there's it's such an uphill battle of just operating. And the more education, the more that we put for so many things it will be a lot better well and just one other thing yeah considering 280e you can't write off any of your taxes anyways invest in yourself invest in your company invest in your employees and the payoff will be amazing 100 percent all right yay i'm glad that you did your first podcast and i think that like everybody like i i think we both want to wish them like Happy 2017. Have a lean green 2017. Yeah. And then we'll be trying to do these podcasts like 
Uh, like twice a month minimum. Like yes. now that we're doing it co-hosting, it's going to be so amazing. And you know, all those listeners that are out there, if you want to hear something, uh, if you want us to have a topic, we're right now planning for the 2017 year for our podcast, and we would love to answer any questions that you might have. Um, so you can look us up at www.liv-consulting.com, and then I mean, of course, a shout out for Calogia, K-A-L-O-G-I. A.com where you know we actually put this podcast as well on our uh, as our website so thank you so much Kristen I'm yes. so glad that you're part of the yes. team awesome cool looking forward to seeing you next year yep happy new year happy new year thank you for listening to part two of the show and joining Kristen and me today do we miss any top events in this podcast if you think we did, or if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, or just to ask in general, please join our LinkedIn group, Cannabis Business Minds, and ask us there. Until next week.